And welcome back to Clue Banter, brought to you by the University of Edinburgh Economic Society. I'm Muskie. And I'm Jasmine. And we're your co-hosts. I hope you guys are doing well this week. Fun fact, we actually just launched our Buckley Banter, Banter, Banter Instagram. <laughs> so why don't you give us a follow, follow for follow, I promise. So today we're joined by Fanny Lepinen, who is the co-founder of the Finnish afforestation startup, Evergreen Finland. Welcome to the show, Fanny. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and what you guys do at Evergreen? It sounds really exciting. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. This is really, really exciting. Um, yeah, a little bit about myself. Uh, my name is Fanny. I'm a third year economics with environmental studies student. So I take all of the economics courses, but then also some environmental studies and sustainable development pathway courses. Um, I'm from Finland, but I've grown up in the U.S., in Minnesota and Massachusetts, and I'm currently in Helsinki and staying here for the semester to do online uni, which is um, going to be interesting, an interesting spring. Um, but yeah, I guess today we're going to talk about, as Jasmine said, about Evergreen Finland, which is a startup that I co-founded in the beginning of summer in 2019, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, in a nutshell, what we do is we offer our clients, which are mostly companies, a chance to offset their carbon dioxide emissions by planting and protecting forests in Finland. So kind of the basic biology behind it is when you plant trees and they start growing, they bind carbon, and that's the same thing as taking carbon dioxide away from the atmosphere. So obviously, companies have carbon dioxide emissions from, or they emit carbon dioxide from different sources. Like you have your office and use gas and and electricity, or you travel and fly or drive somewhere that emits carbon dioxide, or maybe you have some sort of production production process that um, emits carbon dioxide. So we kind of trace those sources with our client, and then we say, okay, well, we, if we plant this many trees in old arable land um, and in this given time frame it will have offset this and this much carbon dioxide which would fit mm. in with your your emissions say like they want to compensate for their years or like their years worth of carbon dioxide emissions so that's always a little bit difficult to explain I think because it's such a new kind of market and such a new field to operate in but mm. we offer that carbon dioxide offsetting and then Last fall, we've actually expanded our operation a little bit. So now we're also doing carbon dioxide emissions calculations and then just overall consulting for our clients, which has been really exciting. And then we've also expanded our team a little bit. So we have some new new team members, which which is nice. I got to do a proper job interview for a lot of people. So that was a wow, highlight in my cool. life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, fantastic. That so cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So how did you come up with the idea and what was the inspiration for it? I would say the inspiration or the motivation behind Evergreen was my frustration from like different mm-hmm. webinars or tutorials or discussion groups that I had attended. Um, I feel like in those discussion groups, we always spoke about climate change and global warming and kind of solutions to combat climate change. 
And then people would come up with like brilliant ideas and solutions, but then we'd spend the entire like meeting just talking about what's wrong with those solutions, like trying to look Mm -hmm. for minor things that are wrong, um, which I found really frustrating because for example, if somebody said, okay, we could plant trees to offset carbon dioxide emissions, um, then somebody else would say, okay, well, we don't know for sure how much carbon a tree binds in a year. Um, and my point of view to that was kind of like, okay, well, maybe we don't know the exact amount, but we know that trees bind carbon and we could use that as a solution. So why don't we just do that? Um, mm-hmm. So I think it was that frustration that kind of prompted me to do something. Then um, over the winter or in January of 2019, I was lucky enough to get in touch with a Finnish um, private equity or venture capital firm. And I discussed my or kind of my thoughts with the people from the investment firm and they said well why don't we try to come up with something maybe start a company or or something of that sort and we kind of left the idea hanging but then the investment firm put me in touch with a girl who was studying at Boston University at the time and for the entire spring of 2019 we just planned what we could do with Magdalena who's the co-founder and we planned evergreen we planned the entire operation of the company and then when we got back to finland in the beginning of the summer we just filed the registration papers for the firm and and started operating so i guess that's that's the story in a nutshell that's amazing congratulations (laughs) yeah thank you amazing yeah so would you be able to tell us a bit about your day-to-day life being a student balancing your classes along with being the co-founder of a startup. Yeah, of course. Um, I was actually thinking about this. I feel like um, my life doesn't really differ that much from a normal student life. I guess the thing that's a little bit different is that I have to plan my uni work like well in advance because mm-hmm. if I don't do my uni work consistently, I can't really balance my work and then uni at the same time mm-hmm. because I could get like a work call one day and then I'd have to do something for Evergreen for the next day. And if I hadn't gotten my uni work done, then I would just be a mess and I couldn't get anything anything done. And I obviously have to get all of, all of this stuff for Evergreen done on time. So just being on top of my schedule, I think. And then maybe another thing was I was in Edinburgh for the fall um, during COVID or this, this past fall. And we would have meetings in Finnish time at like 9 a.m. in the morning but here we're two hours ahead and in Edinburgh we were two hours behind so I had mm. to like wake up at seven to do those meetings yeah. so oh, wow. <laughs> that was that was difficult was but fun. um yeah but now that I'm here it's uh, a lot easier to do work wow that's so cool honestly so I'm curious to know more about like you know, the operations and how you find the companies, what sorts of companies do you typically work with uh, and any that we may have heard of, or is it a lot more local to Finland? I'd say so far it's quite local. Um, You probably wouldn't know the names of the firms, Mm -hmm. but when we started operating, we got a lot of clients through contacts, um, just speaking to different people and trying to think of who we know who might, you know, be an executive in a firm and who might want to do this. So we started off with that and lately we've had a lot of transportation companies. So for example, like moving companies or truck companies and then some, some smaller firms that do like work in PR or um, 
some investment firms. Um, So yeah, it varies quite a bit. And now we're working on a couple of really exciting initiatives with international firms. So that's, that's been really exciting. It's not something that I can really talk about yet. So maybe. Totally fair. fair. (laughs) Well, that's exciting. And and, uh, we'll be keeping our eyes posted. Um, Your website's beautiful, by the way. Can I just say? Oh, thank you. Designer is fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. Both English and Finnish. I tried reading it and I was like, Okay, I can't read it, but it's stunning, and I can admire it. <laughs> it's in Swedish, too, if you need it. Oh, <laughs> no, well, we that doesn't do... help, but... Yeah. <laughs> but good we to just, know. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> we, we redid it this week, actually, so I don't know if you've had a look at the new website, but it's so far, it's still in Finnish, so we'll have to quickly translate it before the podcast comes out, I guess. Ah, <laughs> yes. Okay, okay, cool. Honestly, can't wait for that, but... Speaking of some initiatives you guys are working on, what would you say is your most critical initiative and how do you plan on achieving your goals for Evergreen Finland? Uh, That's actually a really good question. I think the biggest initiative right now, we're working on it together with like all of the companies that work in this field in Finland um, Mm -hmm. right now. So the, the initiative is kind of just establishing the carbon offsetting market more and kind of making Mm -hmm. people and companies aware of what it actually is because it's so new that a lot of people just don't know what carbon offsetting even means and like how it works and like what's a reliable way of doing it and like who are the who are the people that work in in this area so just kind of establishing what carbon offsetting is and and who the companies are is definitely the biggest challenge right now no that's that's absolutely fascinating fanny so i think like a follow-on question from that would be do you have plans to work with um similar projects maybe doing this project itself outside of finland not just with the local companies in the in the in the industry like perhaps europe or, or even internationally yeah i mean the dream would be to like establish evergreen sweden and evergreen norway and then move on mm. to different countries and have <laughs> cool. evergreen global in the end um wow. but i think yeah that would be that would be super cool but we'll see um but yeah i definitely like working um in startups and kind of smaller scale initi- initiatives because i feel like that's when you get to do hands-on stuff and for example with evergreen when we plant the forest we actually get to go there and see the process which I think is really cool so I think wow. um, definitely will want to work in this this field later on in my life rather than like international organizations mm. where I wouldn't be doing that much hands-on stuff yeah definitely mm-hmm. it's so mm. cool that you guys are kind of able to see like the tangible benefits of what you're actually doing but, yeah definitely so- Speaking of, we're currently in a pandemic, as we all know, (laughs) doing online university. So I wanted to know a bit about whether COVID-19 has affected Evergreen Finland much? Yeah, so we've been quite lucky. It hasn't really affected us too badly because we don't have too many running costs. So for example, we don't have a proper office. We mostly work from home. Or then if we have to like arrange meetings, we do it at our investment firm's office so we can like use a room there which has been great so I'd say we've been lucky to not have been affected that badly but I think it's been more difficult to find clients than it normally would yeah. um, without the pandemic obviously but I think you also have to look at the flip side of 
this situation like when I approach people from from different companies I often say like hey I know that uh, it's a really difficult time and you might not be operating you know as fully as you normally would but maybe this is the perfect time to look at your long-term CSR initiatives and think how could you be more environmentally conscious and responsible so kind Mm. of looking at the flip side of that as well is really important for sure for sure definitely so I mean it it maybe hasn't impacted um so much like actual operation itself but has it influenced perhaps your vision um for the for the upcoming year or the next few years like how is that looking like your goals perhaps yeah I'd say um now that the pandemic is still going on in the next year, our goal is just to keep on operating and hopefully developing these right, developing these three core offerings that we have right now. So the calculations, offsetting and consulting. Um, in the next five years, I'd like Evergreen Finland to be known in Finland as like a trusted source of CO2 offsetting and hopefully mm-hmm. like develop some sort of certification mark that's trusted and recognized and that firms could use to show that they're being responsible. So just getting our name out there fantastic yeah that's so cool and especially for someone like me who is interested in climate change this leads me on to my next question so as someone who is like not really aware of how to be climate conscious and it can be quite daunting to just be like oh I'm a single individual how do I like reduce my carbon footprint and we know like sometimes it's believed that an individual can't really make a difference by changing their actions. So what are some simple things that we can do on the daily to be more carbon conscious? Yeah, um, I'd say, well, the one thing that I try to do is just, um, I know it's not really a concrete thing, but just reading the news and being aware of what's happening. I think everything Mm -hmm. starts from there because before I became interested in all of these environmental issues, I kind of, thought that ignorance is bliss and I didn't really want to read the news because you know news about global warming they are quite depressing and Mm -hmm. they make you sad um but then I realized like I have to be aware of this stuff and being aware of what's happening will motivate me to actually carry out the super simple things that you can do in your everyday life so yeah I'd say maybe as a student we're already or as students we're already quite good with being being responsible because we don't really drive that much and um and we you know use online textbooks and stuff like that um but one thing that we could definitely focus on is heating in our flats like actually sitting Mm -hmm. down and thinking like when am I in my flat when am I not in my flat um when should I have my heating on and when should I not have it on um, yeah, very that's good what I, I yeah I did that and I sat down and thought about that in my second year and I actually like optimized our uh, heating really well and then it also reduced my gas and electricity costs quite a bit so when, yeah, when? that's a big plus yeah no that's some that's some really good advice for uh, students um, I'm also wondering like is there anything that you you want to see the University of Edinburgh um, doing to change or improve their um, efforts towards combating climate change? I think the Uni of Edinburgh is already doing a really, really good job with just spreading awareness. Um, I think I would say maybe just arrange more 
more kind of meetings or speaker events with people who are actually like working in the field. So I know we've had like some economists come in and speak about, you know, climate change, but maybe just speakers from different fields. So economists, like uh, environmental activists or people from different, different groups um, coming in and just speaking about their point of view. I feel like that could maybe be something to improve in the future though. For sure. Uni's already done quite a good job with that. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know if there's there's anything else that comes to mind right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I, I have just a, a little question here about classes. Like, I know you're doing a degree in economics and sustainable development. Is that is that correct? Or yeah. environmental or studies? environmental studies? Yeah, environmental studies. So, what kind of classes are you are you joining? Like the geoscience department for the environmental studies, or is it more like looking at the actual economics of of the environment and climate management? Um, so you can. I've kind of focused on the social and political side of it or right that aspect of, on climate change um so i've taken quite a variety of courses i've done like geography courses but then also like sociology courses some actual like sustainable development courses there are i think they're called sustainable development 1a and sustainable yeah, development yeah. 2a or something and then some like science and technology innovation studies courses as well I'm actually taking a course called Knowledge Expertise and Policy right now, which has been super interesting and wow. really applicable to climate change and environmental issues. So, yeah, I think um, so far I've taken a variety of courses and it really has expanded my view on, on the whole big issue. That's fantastic. And they're very broad as well. I mean, it's, it's like you're doing some deep dive in some specific areas, but it seems like yeah. there's a lot more breadth to your degree, which... I mean, that's, that's pretty inspiring for anyone wanting, not wanting to focus so much on like the nitty gritty theor- theoretical part of economics and also yeah, to exactly. kind of branch out to, you know, learn more about the environment and, and development and stuff. So do you have any tips for students that think they have a great startup idea on their hands, but are too afraid to take the jump to actually begin their projects? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a lot of things that I've learned throughout my journey with evergreen um i'd say the first tip is just talk to people like if you have an idea don't be scared that it's a stupid idea or it's it won't ever become reality just be be brave enough to talk to people because that's how you find the right contacts and that's how you might find people who might eventually become your you know co-founder or whatever like somebody that can help with the business later on So just talk to people, be in touch with people, and then also kind of recognize what you don't know or recognize that there's limits to your knowledge and don't feel like you have to know everything about a field when you're starting. It's enough that you have some sort of motivation or interest and a good idea, but then when there's limits to your knowledge, you can always get in touch with the people who know more than you and they will definitely help you. So yeah, talk to people and recognize what you do know and then what you don't know and then move on from that there. That is such good advice. Oh my gosh. I'm so inspired <laughs> right now. Taking notes <laughs> on now. <laughs> I know. I was like, what is my startup idea? But anyways, <laughs> I wanted to ask, how did you actually meet your co-founder? Yeah, so actually the investment firm that's invested in our, our startup, they put me in touch with her. 
So oh, she had wow. been in touch with the investment firm earlier on saying that she'd want to work on something related to um, combating climate change. And then the investment firm put two and two together and then they arranged a call and they were like, okay, like Fanny and Magdalena, maybe you could start this, this startup together. And then we were like, yes, for sure. And then we planned it and, and started operating. So yeah, that was quite a, a good coincidence in a way, I guess. Um, and so uh, is there anyone that you guys or you personally look up to, um, like any like entrepreneurs or founders, experts in the field that kind of give you the inspiration to keep going and the motivation perhaps? I say the people that inspire me are people my age who are, you know, working in business or working to pursue some, some aspiration that they have. It's yeah, it's mostly young people that are doing something to make their ideas a reality. I, I can't really name a specific person. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> I like yeah. that a lot. <laughs> but my friends inspire me. A lot of my friends inspire yeah. me. Um, you know, all of my friends at university are doing so many cool things. And yeah, they they constantly remind me that um, um, we should believe in young people and <laughs> their their ideas. That's great. No, but that's such a good point. Like, that is exactly the reason for this podcast. Like, every other person you talk to at university is doing something amazing. And we really wanted to give them a platform where they can share what they're doing, because that's only going to inspire others. And what would you say is the most important or unique lesson that you've learned while starting Evergreen Finland? I'd say the most important lesson that I've learned is that you have to move into the idea that works. So often when you're starting out a business, you have like a clear image in your head of what you want the business to look like or what you want to do. And for example, Mm -hmm. when um, me and my co-founder were starting out, we had a clear vision of what we thought Evergreen would look like. We were very set on just doing carbon dioxide or carbon offsetting. And then here we are now doing calculations and offsetting and consulting and we didn't have any idea that we would actually be doing this yeah. a year and a half later. Mm-hmm. So just being open to the business moving into any direction and eventually like settling with an idea that that works. So being open to new directions and new ideas is really important. Very cool. It's definitely something to take from that. I'm going to be applying that to my studies and not being so yeah. narrow, I guess, in like what I'm studying and, you know, thinking about the readings and stuff I could go into. Um, yeah. yeah, so to finish up, um, are there any resources that you recommend for anyone wanting to learn more about climate change and, and tackling climate um, carbon emissions? I know I've read um, Donut Economics by um, Kate Ray- Rayworth, Raworth, I don't know nice. how to yeah. his name, but it's interesting learning about the circular economy and, and stuff like that. So is there any further recommendations for us? Um, yeah, I've actually read that book as well. It's, it's really, really good. Um, yeah, I'd recommend reading other books like Donut Economics, maybe Naomi Klein's books or Tim Jackson's Prosperity Without Growth is a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, another resource that I use is the Carbon Brief Daily Briefing. It's like an email newsletter that you can subscribe oh. to. Um, I think the website might be like carbonbrief.com or something, but you'll, you'll need to double check that. But they basically send out a newsletter with all of the news and the environmental industry sum- summarized into like a couple of pages every day by 9am. 
So wow. that's been super, super good. I'd recommend subscribing to that. Um, yeah, then just reading sections from, or like the environmental sections from The Guardian or BBC and reading the news. Maybe take, yep. take some courses at university if you have the chance to as well. Fantastic. So guys, we'll be putting the um, links to these, or like, I guess the titles and the authors of the books and the, and the link to yeah. the um, news sources yeah. in the description of the podcast. So just look below for those um, when you finish listening. Um, but thank you so much for joining us today, Fanny. It's been an like, incredible you. conversation to have with you. This is, I know Muski and I are very passionate about the environment and, and ways that we can I don't know, things more that we can learn about that's going on in the world. I mean, I had no idea what um, carbon sequestration was and and afforestation was. Like, these are just yeah. all new concepts to me. And it's fantastic to learn that people our age are pushing the boundaries in this technology. So thank you so much for joining us and to our listeners for tuning into this wee episode of Baku Banter. <laughs> um, and until next time, stay safe, guys. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.